When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's time to think about holiday shopping. Isn't that weird? I'm talking about holiday shopping already here in early October. But the sales are going on right now. The reason? October is the new November, at least for this year probably only. I'm going to talk about that first today and later. Well, everything happening in the economy with the stock market, I've decided to revive what we call Clarkonomics. It's where I give you updates on the economy and try to give you my best feel for where things are and then my best guess on where we're headed. So, first of all, I. This was one that I guessed right on back in July that the train wreck coming for retailers actually happened, that they have all this delayed merchandise that had been stuck at sea and the ports, on trains, on trucks, warehouses now is all there, and retailers have too much merchandise at a time that the economy is dialing back a speed. And so people are being more careful with their money. Inflation is robbing them of buying power at retailers, at restaurants, because uh, of what they're paying for gasoline. Even though it's come down, it's still expensive. What you're paying for electricity, natural gas. I mean, we got a wall of worries here, right? So as a result, retailers suddenly have all this merchandise at a time that we're a little more reluctant to spend. So there's all kinds of developments going on. You may or may not have heard Amazon is stuck with so much surplus merchandise that they're doing another Amazon Prime Day, that's two days actually, coming up next week on the 11th and 12th. They're already, for Prime members, doing early deals. They're doing everything they can to reduce the amount of overstocked inventory they have. And so this is unprecedented because Amazon's Prime Days were all about getting people interested in Amazon and doing it during uh, the summer when people really aren't into shopping. And now they're doing it in the early phase of the Christmas shopping season just to try to get stuff moving. And Walmart had already announced, and I had mentioned this briefly recently, that they were starting deals already. A lot of October deals from Walmart, a lot of deals already in place from Target, and Walmart has done something way outside their box. If you buy something now and then later don't want it, you have till January 31st to return most items you buy at Walmart 
for a full refund. I mean, that is a much more liberal return policy even than is normally offered during the holiday season because October is not normally considered to be the holiday shopping season, but this year it is. So you're going to see deals across categories of merchandise because we pivoted so strongly. And if you think about uh, $15 a day that's coming out of our wallet because of all the inflationary forces, that's $15 a day you don't have to spend on stuff or meals or whatever and entertainment. And so everybody's going to have to work harder to get your dollar at the same time they got more stuff they wanted you to spend your dollars on. So there's also another pattern. Uh, You may have heard that Apple disappointed Wall Street by saying, gosh, people aren't buying our newest, latest iPhone in numbers anywhere near what we expected. And they're having to reduce manufacturing of those, except the fascinating thing is that people who have who are at the higher end of the income scale still seem to be doing pretty well financially, and they're buying the most expensive new Apple Watches, the most expensive new iPhones, the most expensive new Macs, that there's this tale of two cities that people who are doing well financially are splurging on this really high-end stuff, And other people are just trying to get by. So other than goods geared towards people who have a lot of money or think they do, the marketplace is softer, and that's why there are going to be so many deals. And Krista, do you have some fun questions for me today? I do. We'll start with... Have you started your Christmas shopping? I have not, but I guess I need to get on that. That's right, because your house, you know... The Amazon truck has its own reserved parking space in your driveway. They should. So so you need to get started with the Amazon Prime Day stuff next week. That's true. I'm going to have to do that. All right. Jesse in New York says, my wife and I are currently saving up for a down payment on a house. We're looking to take a portion of what we've saved in our high yield savings account, about $20,000, and take advantage of a 3% CD for two point seven two and three quarters of years. Two years, nine months. (laughs) With our credit union bank. Would this be a wise move? I wouldn't do it. Um, So uh, the savings rates are rising so quickly that what you can get on a simple savings account with an online bank, those are approaching 3%. They're going to go past 3% as the Federal Reserve continues raising the rates it controls. So you could take that money and put it in a CD and know you're going to earn 3%. But right now with an online bank, you could earn nearly that anyway, and the rates are going to go higher from there. And if you wanted to do something complicated that would get you a higher interest rate on that amount of money, you can buy a one-year U.S. Treasury, which is like a savings uh, CD for rich people. You could buy one direct from the federal government, and earn right now typically over 4% on it with no risk at all for a year if you wanted to do that. But buying a CD right now is a bit of a straitjacket during a time of rising interest rates. By the way, anyone who's interested in trying to frustrate yourself and figure out the treasury system to buy treasuries, because you can buy them 
from uh, just very short terms up to very long terms. But right now, the smart money is buying one-year treasuries. Go to treasurydirect.gov. Make sure you've had a good cup of coffee first, (laughs) that there's no distractions, and you read how you do this uh, because it is some work. People who bought Series I savings bonds thought they had confusion. It's a little more difficult buying the treasuries, but once you know how to do it, you've unlocked the key to many times being able to earn much higher rates on savings than you can from a bank or credit union. This is from Eric in Kansas. Evidently, Verizon purchased Total Wireless recently. At your suggestion, my family and I have been with Total for a few years and have found the service to be reliable and very affordable. With Verizon's purchase, it appears our monthly rates are going to increase. Can you explain more about this change? Will those of us that were with Total Wireless previously be grandfathered in with our old rates, or will we be automatically switched to one of the new higher rates? Okay, so first of all, Verizon's a mess. Verizon, talk about going through an awkward midlife crisis and teenage years at the same time. Verizon just has no idea what it's doing. They're losing subscribers at flagship Verizon. They're trying to figure out what to do with their position in the marketplace. They have Visible, which is their youth-oriented discount brand that is 30 a month, unlimited everything, unless you go on the more premium plan. Then they've got um, Total Wireless that they've owned for a good while, but now they're rebranding with uh, uh, Verizon's name in the mix. And so they figure the Verizon brand name bring some cachet in the marketplace. So they're raising the rates a lot, killing the value of Total Wireless. But they have told us that they are going to grandfather you in if you want to stay in your existing rate plan with Total Wireless. Even with the rebrand, you can stay in it. Uh, Verizon's had a lot of customer no service issues lately. For example, Visible, they've had a lot of problems. So. Uh, This is a gang that can't shoot straight right now. So the fact they say they're not going to raise your rates um, is only their words. We'll see how that plays over time. This is a great time, though. Anybody on Total Wireless should really go shop what's available in the marketplace right now. We have a, a guide we update from many different of the major brand names, their discount brands, and then the independents. And you may find that you can get a better deal than what you have right now. You may even do better if you want to stay on Verizon's network going to Visible from Total instead of staying with Total. And from Nancy... That's confusing, isn't it? No. It's not confusing? Okay. I gotcha. Nancy in Massachusetts says, Recently, I used a beer truck and food truck at a festival. When I used my credit card, I then had to choose the amount of tip to leave. I wonder if they have one of those flip things, you know, yeah. the, the old iPad we talked about a while ago. I stood in line to order, then stood around waiting for my my order. No one waited on me. Food truck and beer truck prices are inflated to begin with. Yeah. Okay. So the tipping thing is one that confounds people so much because a lot of times people working in a job like that aren't making much money. And so... They're getting paid by you directly with the tip. They're getting paid by you indirectly by your purchase. And people are really confused and sometimes resentful, particularly in a situation 
where there's basically no value add from service other than the person, you know, you took your order and you go wait and they hand it to you. So this is a hard one with all the tipping. Seems like just about everything you do, they're going to flip around some kind of device, tablet, whatever, and there will be an automatic tipping thing that pops up, even at a place that historically has not been a place that you tip at. So I just read that um, hotels are finally putting in QR codes to tip the housekeeping staff, which I always like to tip them. And that is a problem for them because people haven't been carrying cash. But I wonder if the if, if they the actually get housekeeper it. is actually getting the money at a hotel. I always worry about that with management scarfing mm-hmm. money away when you tip electronically. But this is a problem for car valets. These things that I walk by and I see people yeah, doing. You don't where, use those. No, I don't use valet. Anyway, that people don't carry cash anymore. And so the valets now tend to take Venmo mm-hmm. or Cash App. I hope none of them take evil, rotten, terrible Zelle. But this tipping conundrum is going to continue as long as there's this push and pull between what people are being paid to do their job and that not being enough money for people to earn what I think is called now a livable wage, as I was referred to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is an ongoing issue and... You just have to decide what feels right to you when that tablet flips around and that tip is there. What I've noticed is that the predetermined amounts seem to have gotten higher. Yes. 20, 25, 30 is the default. Then there will be an other Mm -hmm. and you can do the other if you wish. I'd love to hear your suggestions on tipping, especially how you feel about it if you are in a service business and there's this push and pull going on about tipping. I'd love if you post your comments or feelings about it. Coming up next, Clarkonomics. Clarkonomics is back as the economy is going to shift into a lower gear. We're going to have a rougher ride coming forward, not just here in the United States, but worldwide. And so I'm going to do the best I can to take you along on the journey so that it is as smooth as a bumpy path can be for you and your family. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We have had so many shocks to our psyche in this century. Uh, Gosh, where do you start? Uh, We started this century with the horrific, brutal terrorist attacks that visited our shores on 9-11 of 01. And then we had two wars that went on a long time without any clear, tangible results. We had the banking scandals that led to the Great Recession here and around the world. We had five years of extreme hardship in the housing market and the job market that we came out of starting in 2012. We had a stock market that collapsed because of the banking scandals, and people ran for the hills. And then we went through an era where things got better and better. And for year after year after year, stock market had a massive rise over a long period of time from 2009, when it hit its bottom, all the way till last year. And uh, well, we had a we had a downdraft when COVID came about, and then COVID obviously, and all the disruptions with it, people, kids not being in school, all kinds of things that happened. The loss of over a million of our fellow Americans who lost their lives to COVID. I mean, it's been a rough, rough time, and through it, we've had these times where. Federal Reserve in coordination with central banks around the world done things to try to prop up the economy by taking interest rates to abnormally low levels to try to reflate the economy, pump money into the economy. And our Congress, several presidents and governments around the world did deficit spending to try to inflate economies. And then we've reached this point following COVID where they had the pedal to the metal too hard. And now we ended up with this inflation that was already going to be here because of so many disruptions from COVID. The money the the federal government was spending, the moves of the Federal Reserve with the low interest rates, and then we have Putin invade Ukraine that just magnified all these problems. So that's the ta- setting the table of how we got to where we are now. And now there's a painful process of withdrawal, of withdrawal from the easy money, withdrawal from the deficit spending, all these things we've been doing. And then, of course, the supply chain disruptions and the war All this stuff, we've got to do things to get inflation under control. And as I'm speaking to you right now, the average cost of a house that somebody purchased in the United States last month didn't go up, it went down a little. Tiny amount. The average apartment rent in the country went down, not up. Over the last year, apartment rents have gone up. Average around the country may be very different. Where you live, they've gone up 7%. So 
Today, I'm not really on this first edition of Clarkonomics of this era. I'm not going to delve deep into any one area. I just want to set the table about how we got here and the moves that are coming. So the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world continue to raise interest rates. The purpose of that is it soaks up demand in the economy. As rates go higher, decisions people would make to do things to invest, they pull back from them. Things people would do, they'd spend money on, they're not as likely to. That's why I think about the housing market. This is the rawest, easiest to follow. If we had rates a year ago, they were 2 point something percent, and now they may be 6 or 7%. The monthly cost of a mortgage payment is so much higher that people say, not now, can't do that. Somebody who's got to sell a house right now, for whatever reason they've moved, somebody passed away, whatever, they are going to be in a position where if they've got to move it now, they're going to have to cut the price because they've got to compensate for that higher cost that people are facing in a mortgage payment so they can afford to buy that house, stretch but buy. All these things are going on for a specific reason, and that is to move the economy to a lower gear. The chance the economy is going to be in a full definition of recession, gosh, depending on whose economic model you believe, it's 70 to 98%. I mean, the odds are overwhelming that we are going to be in a recession. How deep it's going to be, how severe, this is not going to be, barring some unexpected expansion of war in Europe or something like that, this is not going to be a terrible recession. It's going to mean that people who had their pick of jobs, as they may have had lately, that's not going to be true. We're going to see the number of layoffs rise. There will still be other jobs for people to get. You go back to the Great Recession, there were far more people looking for work than there was any possibility of jobs out there. This is not going to be that kind of thing because the economy has been so strong and because of all the money the Federal Reserve was pumping in, the Congress was pumping into the economy, we had an abnormally low rate of unemployment in the U.S. It was unsustainable in terms of the long-term trend of the economy. So we're going to see serious adjustments. The things that I will cover on various podcasts, I'll cover what's going to happen with the stock market because I'm getting, everywhere I go, I'm getting questions about that. And just a brief teaser, the one thing not to do today with your 401k or IRA or investments is bail. We're in a phase that is called capitulation, where people see the bad news day after day after day with the value of, their, of the marketplace, of the stock markets, the various indices. And they feel like, I can't handle it, because then you hear the reports, hey, you know, it could go down another 20%, it could go down another 50%, it could go down another 10%. And you're like, why am I punishing myself? And the thing is, is it's money you don't need anytime soon, because it's money you're putting aside for retirement or long term. You ride the roller coaster down 
because you don't know when the ride back up starts. But the other thing is if you're contributing through a 401k at work or a Roth IRA or something like that, and you're putting money in every pay period, every month, something like that, as the market declines, you're buying shares each month at a discount. It's like going to the clearance rack and you see last season's clothes that nobody wants and they've been marked down five times because the market eventually recovers and you want to be there to benefit from it. I alluded to earlier, the people who bailed in 2007, 8, 9, 10 from their investments and sat on the sidelines till it got safe got punished big time. I reiterate, I will go through this journey with you. We're going to go through. And I want to tell you, we are not facing the darkest of economic times, not even close. But we have to take the punch bowl away because inflation ultimately destabilizes a society and makes most people a lot poorer. And it distorts decisions that businesses make. So this is going to be a bumpy thing we're going to go through. For most of us, it won't be a brutal thing. Krista? Thank you. You actually just made me feel a lot better. I did? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. You know, we just get anxious about these things. Here are some questions. This one's from Chase in New Mexico. Clark, there's so many crowdfunding alternative investment sites from investing in farmland to artwork. Are there any of these sites that get the Clark stamp of approval or are far above the competition? It would also be great if you had a guide on Clark.com that ranked the best based on liquidity, fees, historical returns, et cetera. Well, gosh, Chase, this is a really tough one for me because I am a forever skeptic of the private crowdsourcing kind of environment because the costs and you the way you put it fits perfectly. The fees are much higher than most traditional investing. The liquidity is vastly inferior to most investing. Let's take real estate investment trust, which is a form of investing in land or structures of different types, could be apartments, hotels, office buildings, whatever it is. If you want to sell it, if you buy a, a fund, a mutual fund, index fund of REITs, you can buy and sell at will. The cost of owning it, virtually nothing. It is 100% liquid, and you know exactly when it owns. And so that would be one extreme. If you... Think about people who have contacted us about investing in single-family home crowdsourcing. Again, you have higher fees, not the greatest of disclosure, and they're not liquid. Your money is tied up for a period of time, and the value that the market would place on it is not the traditional market to be able to sell. So Chase and Short... I look at the various crowdfunding kind of organizations as a category that is generally inferior to traditional publicly traded investing opportunities where you know what it's going to cost you, you know you can sell and you can buy and sell at any time. And so 
you won't hear from me, wow, I found this great, great crowdfunding thing you should get into. That is not coming out of my mouth. Rachel in California says, as an independent delivery driver for Spark, what percentage of my weekly gross income should I set aside in my savings account for taxes? I'd like to do it on a weekly basis. Also, is there a way I can invest that savings since it would be just sitting there for a time? Okay, so I don't know what your total income is, which really determines the answer to that. But remember, you have to pay as an independent, you have to pay double Social Security taxes. So basically, think of 15% for that, and you're going to have to pay California income tax, which surprisingly, if you're not a high-income earner, California income tax is crazily lower than a lot of other places. If you make big money, it's, I think, the highest in the country. So let's say you did 5% for that, just for argument's sake, and then you've got your federal. So probably... 30%, gosh, I can't believe I got all the way to 30. 30 would make the most sense as an amount to put aside in savings. Where I would put it is in a simple savings account, and the savings accounts are earning more and more great rates of interest, approaching 3%, right around there, FDIC insured. And we have a list at Clark.com where you can see the latest deals on savings accounts available right now that are fully FDIC insured. This was from Tony in Kentucky. Clark was talking about erasing one's data from LexisNexis. I looked into that and their website says by doing so, one may encounter difficulty using online systems for identity and insurance verification. What are the negative ramifications? So Tony, that is a partial kernel of truth that If you uh, block the data, erase the data on LexisNexis, it could make it harder in some cases for various forms of industry to verify your identity for certain purposes, and then they'll have to verify your identity another way. But the way LexisNexis makes it sound is that this is a terrible negative for you. It's a great positive to attack the information about you that's in one of these dossiers and remove it. I think people should have the same right with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, that if you don't want them building this dossier on you, they sell again and again, that you should be able to wipe it out. But that's why credit freeze for them is so valuable uh, for you to do it with the bureaus because then you stop them selling off your dossier to all comers where all kinds of mischief can happen. So I would not take seriously LexisNexis saying, oh no, you'll never be able to be identified. You'll never be able to get insurance if you wipe out your data from LexisNexis. One less big data storage company having data on you to me is a net positive even if occasionally there's a hiccup. I got a question for you. With everything going on with inflation and all that, who couldn't use some extra cash? And you know how much I love deals. That's why I talked about all the shopping deals earlier in this podcast. 
Well, shop with me because I got some cash I'm giving away at Clark Deals. Clark Deals, if you're not familiar, that's our site where we post the best deals of the minute of the day for you. And so we're giving away $2,500 in cash, not all in one person. But you can register for your chance to enter if you go to clarkdeals.com slash enter. Have a great day.